Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Stacy Strauss, AC Wyatt, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is great. Uh, you two represent the first twins that I'm having uh, on the podcast. Uh, let me let's start with this. Are you ever annoyed when people say two twins? No. Stacey, does it bother you? Not at all. It, I think it's kind of natural for me. Like I, especially when we were kids, people almost didn't even call us like by our names. It was like AC and Stacy or Stacy and AC. So it's like now when we're older and we see folks that, you know, knew us when we were little, they're like, AC and Stacy. No, it's just, it's just, it's just one of us, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus um, like growing up, we had two other sets of twins on our street. Right. Oh my so, gosh. so to hear the phrase two twins versus just twins is like, as two twins is four. Right. right. But um you know, it was just kind of one of those things where we were the only ones that were born there. The other ones moved in uh, some at some point in their life, but they weren't born in Ashland. So it's just kind of one of those things where, like, we were the twin street, but, you know, Stacy and I were the ones that were there first and welcoming in the other sets of twins. All right, I'm going to come back with a lot of uh, twin questions. Some may be weird. I'm not trying to be weird, though. I should mention uh, from the beginning the reason we're talking right now is Wick Stansberry sent me an email saying I should have both of you on for lots of reasons. One, you're from Ashland. Two, you both were uh, prolific in sports. And three, he says you, you're great people. And so what's not to like about those three things? Completely agree. I guess yeah. I'll have to pay him later. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do, can you guys read each other's minds or anticipate what the other one's going to say or do? I cannot. I cannot. I don't know about AC. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, now that we don't live in the same uh, city anymore, it's probably a little bit more difficult. But yeah, every now and then, you know, I'm like, oh, I should call Stacy and see how she's doing. And usually there's something, you know, usually it's a good thing. I will say that, you know, and uh, just kind of reach out to her. And I think there's only been one time where we can remember where we had like some type of like twin connection. Um, we were in high school. And, um, I had gone to school earlier than her and, um, she had a little spell of being uh, lightheaded at home. And I was with Patrick Henry, which is, you know, five miles, 10 miles from where we live. I felt lightheaded at that exact same moment. So, uh, just kind of one of those things where, you know, I eventually, my mom called or whatever. And it was like, Hey, uh, your sister's not coming in today. Cause you know, she's feeling a little lightheaded. I was like, what time did that happen? So. Uh, I think that's the only time I can remember it happening. But uh, other than that, you know, there's, you know, some little things that we kind of get, but I wouldn't say we can read each other's minds. Who's the older of the two? AC is. I am by four minutes. So four minutes. So Stacy was competing to come out, be the first, be the oldest. And it's crazy because we, um, and we, you'll you'll understand this later. We're super competitive, um, so that that that's very just an interesting point. But we were born premature. Uh, we we were born two months early, um, very tiny. And so when we were born, I stayed in the hospital for around two months after we were born. Mm. We had a little bit more time with the family at home, but uh, yeah, we 
that's the first sign of the competitive nature that would come for the rest of our lives. <laughs> do, do you remember your weights? I think we were like, what, three and three and a half or something? Yeah, we were. I think they said that we were the size of Coke cans. That's unbelievable to think about, right? But the, the other thing, so yeah, she was there about two months. Um, I came home around Thanksgiving. She came home around Christmas. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where I guess those were the holiday gifts of that year. <clears throat> but also because we were born two months early, we actually have a cousin that was born in December and he was born on time. But because we were born two months early, I am the oldest grandchild. Uh, and Stacy's, I mean, Stacy obviously had a head start on, but she's the oldest granddaughter. But, you know, it's not anything that like, you know, really mattered in the general scheme of things. But uh, it's just kind of one of those things I can always hold over the cousins of like, I'm the oldest grandchild. So you should do this instead of that. <laughs> so y'all didn't start kindergarten the same time. Is that what you were saying, Stacy? No, we did. Oh, you, we you're did. talking about that one particular day. I got no, it. No, it's just when we came home from uh, the hospital, because we our birthday is in November. So oh, I came okay. over on Thanksgiving. She came home around Christmas. But no, we actually started kindergarten technically early. We were four. So Oh, that's really <laughs> early. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So uh, were you all in classes together? Is that how they rolled back then? Did they always have twins in class together? Yeah, it's I, funny. We didn't, we didn't really have a lot of classes together. I think back then, I think they tried to not have us at the same class classroom if I can remember it but it's ironic now because I have two two sets of nephews who are twins not biologically um through marriage and I they're at least the oldest ones have had several classes together so I was like oh I guess they don't care anymore but I, I think they intentionally try to keep us kind of separate um through elementary school at least and, and why do you think that is what was the logic back then oh I, I know for us like they wanted to confirm test in um if i remember the stories correctly um just because of our age um and so i don't know if it was like a, a dependency thing like trying to keep us so we would have our own personalities maybe i don't know but obviously now in this day and time it doesn't seem to matter so when y'all were say eight nine ten did you guys want to spend free time together well when we were eight nine and ten we were playing a bunch of like little league and rec sports so Free time was uh, doing exist. stuff competitive, but you know, it's like we lived together. That was enough time to hang out. And plus the other thing was like at that age, we were still playing some sports together in you know, co-ed wise, like especially soccer. We were doing traveling soccer at that point. So, I mean, it's like, you know, besides, you know, seeing each other every day, uh, we also were on the uh, same teams, you know, cause back then, in the 80s uh there weren't a lot of like dedicated uh women's sports uh other than softball and i guess basketball but even basketball stacy was on some of the teams i was on because there weren't a lot of young uh girls playing basketball where you could kind of feel the team so you know the other thing is like you know who really wants to hang out with their sibling all the time so uh you know i miss it now now that we are you know miles apart from each other but I think because we spend so much time together, just kind of growing up, that it is a balance at this part. At, at this point, and a lot of things you experience at the same time, whether it's playing a particular sport at the same time or going into high school at the same time, having a homecoming dance at the same time, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. there's some I, I've known some twins that are really, really tight, like can't be away from each other. But that becomes really weird as you uh, think about adulthood, right? 
you kind of need to separate at some point. Yeah, and I think because we're brother sister, it's a little easier yeah. to kind of have that separation, you know, because it's like obviously at some point you kind of mature in different ways just because you're brother and sister. So, all right. So, you know, when I was, uh, I, I'm nine years older than you guys, roughly maybe 10. I graduated high school in 87. The only sports available to me when I was rec league age, football, basketball, and baseball, that was it. And my sister, who's uh, three years younger than me, I think she had basketball and softball, and that was it. It sounds like a decade after that, there were a few more options, soccer being one of them. But what were the sports available? We'll start with you, Stacey, for, for young girls to play. It's funny. Again, like AC mentioned, a lot of the, the sports were accessible, but they were co-ed. So we started off with soccer. Um, we then, I think, moved on to basketball. Um, I eventually started playing softball when I was 12. Um, like give or take, um, folks saw me doing other sports and they were like, you're interestingly enough, you're fast. I think you'd be good at softball, not track softball. Um, mm. ironic later in life is, um, what partially paid for my, um, but yeah, those were, and then I eventually played volleyball in high school. Um, AC has a much more interesting sports history just because I think he's played every single sport that is out there. But, you know, I, again, I started with softball, excuse me, soccer and basketball, um, moved on to softball later. So I can't remember if it was available um, when we were little, little. Um, but obviously by the time I was 12, for sure it was a thing. And then we did, like he did Little League football. I cheered, I think, for one season and realized cheerleading was not my thing. <laughs> so I'm glad I was able to cheer for the Vikings and have pictures to show for it. But I, I hung, I stuck out with that one for about a year and just moved on. What was your favorite sport when you were a kid? Before before high school, let's say. Yeah, for sure it ended up being softball. Like to this day, um, but, um I get out there and just play for fun. Um, it it definitely was I actually involved, enjoyed volleyball a lot, but for sure my skill and just my love and my passion went with softball for one hundred percent. I have to ask, power hitter, hitter for average, um, more of a defender that would did okay at the plate. So, you know, I don't want to brag or anything, but I was um, probably better on defense. Um, I've gotten a number of Golden Glove Awards um, for my defense. I was an outfielder. Um, I was never really a power hitter, but when I played softball for Patrick Henry in my senior year, the coach that we had here um, felt like I would be a really good slap hitter. And so he moved me to the left side and – um, my senior year, I started slap hitting. And again, interestingly enough, um, I went on to play softball at Hampton University and the coach for Hampton knew my high school coach. So we like went to different tournaments and things together. Um, and when I went to college, I was like, I'm just going to go, you know, get my education. Obviously, again, we'll talk about this more, but AC and I went to college together and he was going to play football. I was like, I just want to get my education. I'm not playing softball. And I'm sitting in my dorm room and the coach calls my phone and he's like, where are you at? And I was like, um, in my dorm, <laughs> Who was this? he's like, this is coach Lassiter. I need for you to get to the gym tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, coach, I wasn't really planning to play. No, just come out. Let's, let's check it out. Let's see how you do. And I, I, you know, did the thing as a walk on. Um, I think I ended up having to pay for a semester of college, um, walked on, became a starter. I led off. Um, at Hampton University as the first hitter for the entire four years that I was there. 
um, eventually became a captain. Just a lot of wins from that. So again, softball is like my heart, but um, definitely had a lot of positive from that one person telling me because I was fast, I should try it and just the amazing things that happened after that. Stacy, there aren't many people that I've ever run into that bat, batted right-handed and then the coach turned them to the other side, which is really unnatural for a lot of people, and then turned you into a slap hitter because they knew as soon as the ball touched the ground, there was no way the shortstop or the third baseman were going to throw you out. That's exactly it. It's more common now um, than when we, when we were younger. But now, you know, if you watch college softball or, you know, any kind of like escalated softball on TV – half the team is, are slap hitters now. They're definitely not left-handed. So it's definitely like a strategic move in the game. And it, it really brings some, you know, some action to it. Point, you hit the ball and you just run. Um, and I think throughout throughout college, my bat averaged around 500. Um, and so I, you know, I had a pretty good on-base percentage um, from just switching sides. Did you ever pull the ball? Um, I could. Um, you know, like it was part of the way I was trained. So for the most part, I had a very specific locations on the field that I was expected to hit. But on occasion, if I needed to go the other way, I got the sign and I just had to kind of do my best. <laughs> I've, I've never heard of that, getting the sign to put it in a, a particular part of the field. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Because it's fast pitch and the, and the pitchers are pretty close and that ball is coming in there fast. It's coming fast. <laughs> so sometimes to me it's luck, but again, you, you get out there and you know, we got out there for practice at 6 a.m. to work out or, or be somewhere near the field and would get into the gym and just run and do do different activities and whatnot. So it's like it's a lot of work that goes into um, whatever level you're at in college playing sports. And it's a lot of that um, in most cases is year round. Um, and so it's it's not something that is, is taken lightly. So it's a lot of practice went into me being able to do what I did. Yeah, it, you're obviously fast. Did you ever run track? Did not. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I have right two. One is 16. The, the junior at Patrick. She runs track. So she's kind of doing the one of the things that I just ever, I, I, while I was fast, I like to run a lot. I wanted to get to first base, second base, third base, and home. Kind of take a seat on the bench. Um, but she seems to love track so far, so I'm excited for her. That's cool. All right, AC, what did you play when before high school? So uh, before high school, it's funny because I actually came back around to playing football in high school. But, yeah, so we started out Little League, Ashland Vikings. Uh, with, I'm a Viking. Um, I'm a former Viking. Yeah, so just playing flag football. Uh, and I was like, I mean, this is fun, but I don't really like it, you know. Um, so then, you know, our mom, you know, just pushed us to just try whatever sports, you know. So really got into soccer, loved playing basketball. Uh, had a pretty good jump shot, you know, not, you know, anything lights out. Plus, you know, I only, I'm five nine now. That's the tallest I've ever gotten. So, you know, my uh, basketball playing career was, you know, going to fade at some point, you know, because I wasn't fast like Stacy. Uh, I just uh, had a pretty good shot when open. Uh, usually was going to go down or, you know, at least rattle out. Um, but then, you know, my mom also encouraged us, um, you know, I was watching uh, Malvia Washington play in the U.S. Open uh, in tennis. And she was like, you want to play tennis? I'm like, sure, I'll try. So, um, you know, there was a camp at Randolph-Macon mm. uh, that she signed me up for. And I just went and did that and, you know, had a lot of fun with that. Played that in middle school. Played soccer in middle school um, as well as as well as Little League and um, 
travel team as well. And, you know, just, you know, playing the rec league basketball or the little league at some point. So those are kind of the main ones. And then uh, little league baseball as well. Um, I was a center fielder there. So, you know, it's like, you know, I guess I was relatively fast, but Stacy's faster. Uh, you know, like I would imagine if we race now, I might get her maybe, but, <laughs> but probably not, probably not. For but, our listening um, audience, Stacy's disagreeing with it. Yes. Uh, but, but you know, it's funny, Stacy kind of mentioned it earlier of like just how uh, competitive we are. So um, every summer we went to the Randolph Macon soccer camp um, and uh, coach Werner, um, who Helmet was Warner. the coach, yep. who was the coach there, um, they always had competitions like throughout, like, you know, best camper or whatever, but they always had this one at the end, it was the chipping contest. <laughs> and so chipping, um, the chipping contest was you were at a certain distance and you had to hit the crossbar mm. and, you know, whoever hit it first or whoever hit it the most was usually the person that was the person that, that won the competition. And so that became like the biggest at that point, uh, competitive thing that Stacy and I had, and it wasn't like we said. You know, I mean, I don't think Stacy and I ever really talked trash to each other, uh, but it was just kind of like a, "I'm gonna win this because you won it last year, I'm gonna yeah. get it this year," or "I won it last year and she wanted to get it back." Uh, and so I remember, I don't remember what year it was, um, but there's one year where we both just kept hitting it, just kept hitting it, and so kind of going back and forth. Uh, and it's amazing, like what you remember, like, you know, as a kid, I don't remember the year, but I just remember where we were. Cause it, that, that field isn't there anymore because of the new construction at, uh, Randolph Macon. But, um, I just remember we kept hitting it. And then there's a one point where I missed and Stacy kicked one and it glanced off the top of the crossbar. And, uh, you know, you could hear it, I guess, if you were close enough. And because we had kind of gone back and forth uh, for so long, they were like, ah, Stacy won. It was like, huh? So, um, so like, that's kind of like the, uh, you know, unwritten competitive spirit that we had. And, you know, it's definitely one of those things that, uh, you know, I'll say it, it made us better, you know, and, and I think Stacy would agree with that, but you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you always kind of need someone to kind of keep pushing you to, to do better. Um, and, uh, you know, Stacy, you know, outside of like all the other, like, you know, just supportive, like encouragement is also kind of one of those things where it's like, cause <laughs> excuse me, we didn't have a, a trophy room growing up, but we had a lot of trophies like around the house, you know? And so like Stacy would have her kind of side of trophies and then I'd have my side of trophies. And so it's like, I think once we got to high school, we we're like, well, huh. Stacy's got the lead by a lot, um, you know, because I mean, like, I'll, I'll say it. She was the best athlete um, in the sport she was competing against at competing in. And uh, so, of course, she was going to get the trophies, you know, as where, you know, I'm just trying to do my best and, you know, try to make a difference and, you know, be more of a, a team guy that, you know, could excel when I needed to. But she was that person that those teams could count on to, you know, really get the job done. And so, her trophies were earned. My trophies were earned too. But um, once we got to high school, we we're like, huh. So you have more by a lot. And like, I think slowly since high school, I've caught up just a little bit. But, um, you know, it's just definitely one of those things like, you know, we live in two different states now. And I have no idea where most of those trophies are at this point. But it's, um, 
is one of those things like we we joke about it every time I'm back home and you know I'll see like you know one of her college trophies that she got I'm like okay I see you I see you but you know it's just very fun you know to kind of look back as our um grandmother um because that's uh we grew up in our grandparents house with our with our mom and um you know I think at one point when I had moved away she was like you really need to come and get these trophies and I'm like I, I don't these these trophies are 20 years old you know I'm in my 20s these were things that I won you know before I was 12 um uh, and they never threw them away because you know obviously they're super proud of us but uh it's just one of those things where it's like I think they ended up being donated is that right Stace we were able so, to yeah, yeah so I mean like yeah yeah so yeah. you know a good reuse for them um something we obviously know we earn, but if we could kind of share that feeling with someone else that could get that trophy, probably, I think they, at that point they would have taken our nameplate off of it. But, you know, just that feeling of accomplishment um, and having that trophy and knowing like what it feels like and, and uh, wanting to get that feeling over and over again. Um, it's very rewarding. Yeah, yeah no, I, I hear you. Go ahead, Stacey. Yeah, but I was going to say, we can talk sports all day long. Like, I think both AC and I have a super passion around sports, um, but we were raised to be extremely well-rounded. So while we comp competed together on the field, we also, like, AC played the cello. I played the violin. Oh, nice. We're super active in church. Um, we What else did we do, Ace? We did, like, NAACP. Mm -hmm. AC Scouts, I did Girl Scouts. Like, everything that was available, we kind of at least tried at this point. Like, our mom was huge. Um, and raising us in a way that was super well balanced. Um, I think it's made us both really decent people. Um, and then like, especially growing up in the, you know, eighties, nineties in Ashland with the things that we did, we often were the only African-Americans or limited in African-Americans. So it's like that, that balance of getting to like meet people who didn't, you didn't see every day, like in your house or at church or wherever and just get those relationships. I know, I think both AC and I still have, just a lot of relationships that we built um, through sports, um, music, all of those other things like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, just getting to do everything that a child should kind of get to do and um, meeting different people and just helping us to be who we are today. Yeah, I was going to ask why your mom had you so involved in sports, but it sounds like she had you so involved in sports because she wanted you to be active one and two to be, to be balanced. So it was, it was rounding you guys out. It was not like she was trying to build these division one, potentially pro athletes someday. She wanted you to be good people and, and, and well-rounded was, was certainly a big part of that. Yeah. Uh, she just really wanted us to do stuff, you know, sports obviously took up a good amount of that stuff, but um, you know, it's one of those things where uh, Stacey said it, you know, it, like having done all that stuff growing up um, really gives you an opportunity to kind of, because I, I would imagine Stacey is this, you know, in her, in her work life now, like because we did so much, so many different things, we're able to talk to people and meet them where they are, not meet them where we'd like for them to be, but meet them where they are because, you know, we have worked and played with and corresponded with, and collaborated with so many different people that uh, it makes it, I wouldn't say easy because nothing's really easy, but comfortable to just be able to walk into a room 
and Stacy said it, you know, sometimes being the only black person in the room, not just like when we were in orchestra, the only one like in the orchestra, but the only one in the room, um, it, you never felt uncomfortable there because, you know, having done all that stuff, plus like the encouragement that our family gave us, and <clears throat> excuse me, especially our mom, um, that you never felt like you didn't belong in a space. And so, you know, that's something that I carry to this day um, where it's like, mm, you know, I might be the only, but I definitely deserve to be here. Yeah. It's, uh, as I mentioned, I'm a little bit older than you guys, or maybe a lot of, a lot older than you guys. When I played football and basketball, I remember thinking, Hey, th this is a, a fairly diverse uh, environment, but it was only white and black kids. There, there were no Hispanic kids. There were no Asian kids, but I didn't think anything of it because from a young age, I was playing sp those sports, but other endeavors, there were no black kids around typically. Uh, and so the fact that your mom was putting you in Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, which I think back then tended to be more white than it was anything, or music was probably more white than anything. Um, not only did it make you feel comfortable, you felt naturally included and you didn't think twice about it, which is a, a fantastic way to grow up. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's funny because like as you were saying that, like I still um, – you know, remember the first Jewish people that we ever met. I mean, it was our kindergarten, or well, my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Unger. I miss Unger you know, too. Yeah, yeah, and then and then her kids. Um, you know, but I, I had no concept like growing up like what that was. And then you know we had a guy, um, Amit Patel, move here from the Middle East. I'm not um, sure which um, country, but um, you know he's the first person from the Middle East that I'd ever met. But you know, didn't think anything of it. You know, it's like obviously like back then. Ashland, um, you know, Western Hanover County really was mainly black and white with a sprinkling of other, but, um, you know, it's just one of those things where I would imagine Stacey's the same way. It's like, you know, because of the way we were raised, like we were the ones that kind of welcomed people in. And so like when you met someone for the first time, it was almost like an instant friendship just because, you know, it's like, well, welcome in. No, you're just here. I'm here. Why don't we just be friends? And and go from there. So, Stacy, uh, your fondest memory growing up in Ashland that has nothing to do with sports? Family's huge for me and getting to spend, like, family time and holidays. So I just remember, like, Halloween kind of stands out um, as a time where our aunt used to, uh, we used to trick-or-treat in Ashland, and our aunt used to also take us to Chesterfield. How she was able to do that, I don't know right now as an adult. But just getting to spend those types of moments with, like, my cousin and our cousins and any any other time for holidays were always special times for me. Cool, AC. Same question for you. Uh, I honestly, I think it was you know uh, going to the strawberry fair. Mm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, there are cleaning crews here at the office. Um, but really, like, I mean, it wasn't far from where we lived, so we'd walk there. But you know, just really. And I was like, why do we have a strawberry fair? And it was always because we have a strawberry fair. There's no other reason than that, right? And so um, really just kind of going, um, finding out that my first favorite dessert was strawberry shortcake. Um, but yeah, just, you know, like really just kind of being around our family and like this otherwise you know, generic event uh, really meant a lot to us. Um, just to, Just another time to just kind of 
hang out and just be around each other and you know family from <clears throat> out of town but still from ashland would come and really like be a bigger gathering uh in that regard uh and then also probably another fond memory is just um yeah because we went to providence baptist church uh growing up was <coughs> the homecomings uh and really kind of getting to know other people that uh had moved away um one because it kind of showed that there was a, a a bigger world beyond just Ashland that you could actually leave and still consider Ashland your home. Um, but really just kind of connecting the dots like, okay, you're related to this person, how? Wait, you're related to me, how? You're related to me. Oh, okay, okay, I got it. You know, really kind of connecting the dots. Um, just really fond memories of, you know, um, that's the Strawberry Fair is my fondest memory in town. Uh, and then the fondest, fondest memory just outside of the town proper, you know, was all the time we spent at Providence. Yeah, it, well, it's technically outside of town proper, but it's still an Ashland address. Out yes. There. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, but also, sorry, uh, with the homecomings, uh, getting the U-Crop sheet cakes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as kids, we would always compete or kind of try to box each other out for the flowers mm. that were on them because it was just straight sugar. Just straight uh, up rows full of sugar. Yeah. Yes. But uh, yeah, but that's kind of, um, yeah, it's probably why I'm a diabetic now, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, definitely one of those things where it's like, you know, just kind of, you know, having fun with uh, the other kids that, you know, we went to Providence with, but also kind of, you know, feeling really special when the deacon or the deaconess would be like, no, nah, you get the rose this time. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, those sheet cakes were awesome. Yes. Couldn't beat them. Not, not a, at all. Yeah. All right. So, AC, for you, your best memory, fondest memory, however you want to think about it, from playing sports at Patrick Henry. Oh, it, it, it's winning the state title. Uh, I mean, I don't really know. Um, I mean, there's a couple of other ones, you know, like uh, it wasn't undefeated against Atlee, so that's kind of bothersome. But, um, but it's really uh, winning the the state title in 94 because um, that was just a really special season, um, especially how 93 ended. Because um, I uh, in high school, I got back to football. Um, you know, my middle school soccer coach, uh, Coach Santos, um, in middle school, soccer was in the fall. But in high school, it moved to the spring. So he's like, well, you're not doing anything in the fall. Why don't you just go play football? And I'm like, well, I don't want to get hit. He's like, no, 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 you don't have to get hit. Uh, you could just kick. So I remember the spring of uh, 92, um, and it, it was the last spring of um, middle school. Um, we just went out to the, the football field and just kicked. And, you know, he was like, well, this is how you kick. I'm like, okay, got it. And I got it, you know. And so, um, you know, just making the way to the football, um, you know, two years later, we're in the state championship game, but you know, in 93, uh, we lost in the semifinals, uh, super muddy game. So it wasn't a good kicking game. Um, I don't think we scored if I remember correctly, but, uh, had it been a drier field, we would have at least been in uh, field goal range. Um, and we may have got some points in just kind of to get some things going, but, uh, maybe that's my fondest memory. It was 93, not 94, but, um, but no, uh, you know, winning the state title in 94 and, you know, going uh, going up against the, the um, 757 team, um, Deep Creek, uh, 
you know, and they were the perennial, like that region was the perennial, hey, we won all the state titles. And we're like, well, we got something to say about that. And, um, you know, really kind of going through that season and, you know, kind of coming up with the motto of too strong. And then to see like our parents and our fans, you know, really kind of rally around that as well. And, and then you start to see the the banners in the crowd and like, you know, the too strong. I'd imagine like if Twitter were around then it would be hashtag too strong. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just kind of being a part of that team and, you know, showing that like, you know, us country folks from Western Hanover, uh, we are elite and being able to prove that um, there's no better feeling than that. And plus, you know, it's a, obviously a footnote in history, but uh, because I kicked and the last score we had was an extra point, I scored the last point in the game. So I got to add the cherry on top to uh, an awesome season. And so um, that's probably the one that, that really kind of sticks out the most um, when it comes to accomplishment in high school. I, I have to ask this because I'm kind of a uh, statistical nerd when it comes to football. What was your longest field goal that year or, or your entire high school career? Uh it was 40. Uh, that's, that's no, a, sorry. Hey, that's a lot farther than most people can kick a ball. Sorry, it was 39 because <laughs> um, I was trying to convince the holder to move back a yard and he wouldn't. Um, and it was against Hermitage my, our senior year, so 95. And I actually slipped because <laughs> uh, it was at Hermitage and their field was terrible at the time. Uh, but yeah, I actually slipped and it still went through. Um, there was one where I went out to kick a 62 yarder. Oh gosh. But uh they called timeout and uh called off the um oh wow Dilgo team. Um and they did it. It was against TJ and at the time they were awful. Uh and so um in that game um where you know they, they sent me out um we were up twenty seven to nothing in the first quarter. And uh, one of their players on the extra point to make it 28 to nothing absolutely came through and decleated me. Right? Like, it was to the point, like, I was watching the ball land. And all I hear are three distinct breaths. <laughs> and then, plow! <laughs> and he hit me so hard. I was, it was unexpected. Uh, he got thrown out of the game. Uh, and it's the angriest I've ever seen coach long at an opponent, mm. uh, coach Ray long, uh, our coach at the time. And so, uh, he had a few choice words for, uh, TJ's coach. Um, and he was like, I'll, I'll run the score up. I don't care. You know? And it was already, you know, 28, nothing. And, um, I'm sorry. That was the, that was the 94 season. But, um, I just remember like as part of running it up and that point we were up, I think 56 to nothing. When he was like, AC, go out there. And it was Coach Henry who called the timeout. Um, and, and, and the funny thing is, Coach Henry is like a family friend. Like he's a deacon or was a deacon at our church. And so like, you know, very, very close to him, close to the, um, you know, close to you know his entire family. And uh, I just remember uh, looking at him like, really? You know, because <laughs> I would have made it. Because um, I mean, like back then, like, you know, he kicked off a block. So it was really like um, in golf, kicking off or teeing off versus hitting off the ground. Right. 
you know, so it was just kind of uh, launching the ball. And uh, I probably would have missed because I was pretty sore from that hit still. Oh, wow. uh, but um, yards is a really long kick. Yeah, I, I would have made it, though. I'm confident that I would have made it. Um, you sound you don't sound confident. No, I. I OK, 80 <laughs> percent sure I would have made it. <laughs> but, uh, so two quick comments. One, Santos converted soccer players to kickers, I think, every other year for what, 30 plus years. Yep. I, mean, I would say every I would say every four. Really? Um, just because, you know, Tony Labrador was there before I was. Um and uh he kicked before I got there. And then um, you know, I got there. Actually I played a varsity game my freshman year, mm -hmm. uh, which is weird. But um, you know, from sophomore year on I was the, the starting kicker and then, you know, we had someone that come came in after me. So, yeah, I think it was – he tried to find someone that could, you know, play at least the sophomore, junior, senior year. Um, and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, he and uh, Coach Long must have gotten along really well because Santos hooked him up a lot with kicker. <laughs> yeah. And the other, the other thing comment I'll make is uh, I grew up with Coach Henry. I knew Coach Henry growing up, and I played uh, basketball with Rod. Oh, cool. I love playing with Rod. Oh, man, did I love playing basketball with Rod. He's a great guy. Cool. All right, Stacy. same question for you. Fondest memory of playing any sport in high school? Um, probably, again, I've got to probably go back to softball. Um, my senior year was by far my best year. And I was like apparently one vote away from being player of the year in our conference. Mm. Um, lost out to an amazing pitcher at Godwin. So, I mean, as much as I hate coming in second in anything, um, she also had an amazing season. So, you know, it's not much I can say. And then I, I'm huge on like seeing my name, hearing my name, all of those things. So I remember like uh, being on the cover of whatever the Hanover Press thing is. I think it is actually the Hanover Press or something. Hail Progress. No, not the Hail Progress. It's like the little magazine looking one. Oh, uh, the Mechanicsville Local? I don't know. It was that AC. It was like remember. in color. I don't know. It, it was one of those things. And it's a picture of me. And I'm I'm only 5'3". Um, but it's a picture of me spike, like spiking the ball in volleyball. And I look like I'm 10 feet over the net. And it's just a really cool picture. So I still have the booklet here. Um, but those two moments just stand out in high school. No, that's really cool. Uh, how did you get into volleyball? I that can't was not, remember. That was not a thing in Denver County back in the 80s. Yeah, I, I cannot remember. It might have just been one of those things, like kind of like AC said, I was free. So it's kind of like, and, and it could have been a thing that, you know, one of the basketball coaches recommended just to, you know, maintain different things <clears throat> like jumping and exercise. I, I, I honestly can't remember, but I did love it. Like, I loved everything about volleyball. I think it was one of your basketball coaches. Um, I think it was, <laughs> you had a free season. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and do that? But I think it was one of the basketball coaches that suggested you do it. It makes sense. So it probably was where I started. So y'all ended up going to the same college. How did, did y'all choose? Y'all didn't choose together. Did you, you choose independently and separately? And then you told each other after both of you had decided that, how did that work? Um, well, I know for me, it's, an, it's like kind of an interesting story. Our uncle Ernest was stationed in Hampton for a little while when we were in high school and I think we spent like a weekend down there with him maybe or overnight. And um, he just took us to the campus. And I remember any, anybody who goes to Hampton University, you, you got to go to the water and you fall in love. It's just an absolutely beautiful spectacle. 
peaceful, serene. It's just everything that you can imagine. Um, so I remember going to the water and just saying, this is pretty cool, you know. Um, and then as I, as I started considering colleges, I applied to a number of colleges. And I, can't, I wanted to stay in Virginia. Like, I'm not huge about travel. I'm not, AC and I are completely different, I think, in that aspect. Um, so I narrowed it down to, like, VCU, um, VSU, and Hampton. And I could have potentially went to VSU on a volleyball scholarship. Um, our mom went to VSU for a year. So that was, a, it would have been a pretty cool connection there. But I was leaning towards VCU. And my mom said, you need to get away for at least a year. And she was like, I don't, I don't really care where you go, but do not stay in this area. Go away for at least a year. If you hate it, you can come back home. But I need for you to get out of Ashland. And, uh, you know, AC can tell this story because I think, he probably doesn't know this, but, you know, we talk about um, you asked the question earlier about do we need to be around each other or, you know, do we have that kind of connection like certain twins? We don't like especially like, you know, when you're same sex or whatever. But I have this certain comfort with a when AC is around. I feel safe. I feel secure. I feel protected. Um, and so once he had made the decision to go to Hampton and I had that decision to pick somewhere away from Ashland, it felt easier knowing that no matter what I had my brother in the same area as me and, and I would be okay. So I know for him, I think Hampton was more of a, of a first pick, but um, he definitely helped in, well, okay, he does, he's doing the face. Um, he definitely helped influence uh, my decision to go there. So the combination of mom saying, get out of Ashland and the fact, and you knew AC was going to, to Hampton. Yeah. That's all it took. That's all it took. Okay, right on. And so um, to that point, so... <laughs> I had a full scholarship offer to go to Virginia State. And my our mom was like, I don't know if this is it. Uh, you know, reputationally, uh, Virginia State wasn't at a good place. Um, and so, you know, her having gone there, like that meant a lot um, to, to that. And she was like, well, I was like, well, you know, I know like Hampton, they said you could be a preferred walk-on. You'd probably earn a scholarship. Um, also had a, a similar offer at North Carolina A&T. But, you know, I was like, uh, I don't know anything about that school. I, I, you know, having visited Hampton, I kind of knew there, um, the area, and, you know, knew we had an uncle there. Um, and so, you know, decided to go to Hampton. And I will say, because I got to Hampton first, because I had to go for, um, you know, preseason camp, when Stacy got on campus, she had 81 other brothers uh, <laughs> when she got there. Um, and so it was really... You know, I hope that, like, in addition to, like, you know, knowing that I always had her back, all of those guys had her back, you know. And so, um, again, like, it goes back to, you know, our mom pushing us to do different things. And, like, I instantly made friends. Um, and, like, to this day, you know, there's a couple guys that I'll I'll shoot text to. And, you know, I don't I don't know in, if you need to cut this part out, but uh, Hampton's homecoming is this weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, they're all like, hey, you coming? I was like, nah. I actually have a couple of like work trips that, um, you know, I am in between. So I'm just going to take it easy that weekend. Um, but it's definitely one of those things where, <clears throat> you know, it's one of the uh, best decisions like I could have made, you know, and, you know, I tell people all the time, it's, um, you know, ha having gone to Hampton, like uh, I got three key things out of going there. I guess, and one of them's like a, or there's a residual one based off of the other one. The first thing is that it's where I met my wife, right? Wow. So, so like above all else, like that's 
why Hampton means so much to me. You also um, are obligated to say things like that. Well, well, <laughs> if it felt like an obligation, then, you know, I would have said it like one, but like, I really, I really do mean it. Uh, and, and she knows. And, um, you know, the second one is that I got to play football for four more years. Um, and so residually from that, I made lifelong friends um, that I can, you know, count on and call on at, at a um, drop of a hat. Um, and then the third one is like the career wise, it's where I met the person that would hire me to work at ESPN. And so like those three things um, were all pushed because, you know, Barbara Jean, <laughs> our mom, was like, uh, hey, don't go to Virginia State, you know. If you need to go to Hampton, because you know, I knew we'd have to pay for some of it at some point. She's like, well, if that's what we have to do, then that's what we have to do. And we'll figure it out from there. But, you know, one, get a little further away from home than 40 minutes. So just double it. It's an hour and a half. <laughs> but uh, but it was, it was far enough away. It was far enough away that, you know, people couldn't just pop down. Uh, now, you know, family did spend a lot of time, a lot of time in Hampton and traveling around the country uh, watching us play. But not, um, not us, okay. just one of us. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's definitely one of those things where it was close enough that they could get to our games, but far enough away that they couldn't just randomly pop in. But also close enough if like, and we never needed this, thankfully, but if anything ever, ever, ever went down, they could get down here or get down there and probably it was an hour and a half. They probably could have done it an hour if they needed to. Yeah. No, uh, I, I love this conversation, by the way. I'm having fun to, uh, talking to you guys. You mentioned three schools each that you were looking at. Five of the six were H are HBCU schools. Was there sort of this notion that an HBCU was was where you were going to land, or did it just so happen to be that way? For me, um, it just so happened. Like, actually, I did not consider HBCUs like I do now, Um when we got there, for me, it was a culture shock. Um, while there was some diversity at Patrick Henry, it wasn't anything like Hampton University. And so to go from being around, you know, I had a number of different friends. Again, to your point, like we didn't have a lot of diversity in terms of outside of black and white, but my friend group was pretty mixed. And so, um, yeah, definitely the opposite at Hampton. But um, what I needed, like, you know, there's so many positives, no regrets. Um, I met my best friend there. Um, I I'm, I have a degree in sociology. Um, I do use it to AC's point, like kind of to know how to communicate with people. Um, but I actually learned more with my softball coach than probably a lot of what I learned in class. Um, he taught me a lot about Excel spreadsheets and <laughs> um, putting stats in and just different things that I, I use more in life now than I, you know, some of my degree, but uh, for me, it wasn't, it was an afterthought and it ended up being a very positive afterthought. Same question for you, AC. Yeah. I, I don't think, um, you know, I really kind of thought of it and especially like, you know, if you just go to Hampton and then you go to some of the other HBCUs, you're like, well, Hampton's different, you know, like, yes, it's an HBCU, like it's in the title, but Hampton's just a little different than most HBCUs. Um, and I think if you ever talk to any Hamptonian, you'll, they'll say it differently, but you'll still get the kind of same sense of it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying Hampton's better than the other HBCUs. I'm just saying it's different <laughs> and I wouldn't go to any other one. Uh, but, um, 
but you know, it's definitely now. Sorry, side note. If anybody from Norfolk State is saying anything, then okay. then oh yeah, I'll I'll absolutely lean <laughs> in. But uh, other than that, you know, it's it's very respectful. Um, but it's um one of those things. I mean, you know, I was also looking at William Mary U and UVA uh, as well. It's just that I knew if I went to Hampton or A and T, then I'd have the chance to uh, play football for a little bit longer. Yeah, because because no, because no. sorry because the the other thing. Um, was I had a scholarship offer to go to Shenandoah to play cello. And so, I mean, I could have done that, but, you know, I obviously made the right decision. Uh, <laughs> All right, so for, now uh, that you brought music back into it, who was the better musician? I, I would, yeah, I would definitely now, go to AC. Now, Stacey's probably the better singer, um, but, you <laughs> and know. That's a stretch. Well, I mean, I can't sing at all, so it's not like <laughs> that much more. But you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. Like you know, it for a few years I was the best cellist in Hanover, mm. as far as like you know, I was the first chair in the Hanover County Orchestra. So you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, could either of us play now? Probably not. But you know, back then, you know, when we were really trying, uh, it was close. But, you know, it's I think it's also one of those you know, specialty things of, you know, cello is the one that can hold the bass line mm. if they need to. But also the one that, you know, every now and then gets a solo. And so I, I think, you know, between that and, you know, kicking, you know, cause kicking is the ultimate, you know, team sport position because you will only be in position if your team gets you there. And then you mm. depend on two other people to do their job in order for you to do your job. Um, but like th those two things really kind of you know, anchor me is kind of who I am now. Cause it's obviously like you can't do anything without the team, but every now and then, if you need to step up, then you step up. Cool. So when y'all were in the middle of college, sophomore, junior kind of thing, did you have any clue what you were going to be doing after college? Stacey, start with you. Um, actually, I wanted to do something in the social work field. Um, when I took sociology in high school, it was, it was more catered to the interaction of, between human beings. When I got to Hampton and studied sociology, it 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 very it focused very much on African Americans in society. So for me, it it was an interesting transition because it was like, oh, I thought this was about this, but now it's a little bit more catered to folks who look like me and understanding difference in experience and how when you get into the real life, things aren't always like they were in Ashland. Or, you know, you're going to experience some different things. So for me, um, I was like, okay, I can still do like social work or something. I really always wanted to help people, um, especially kids. Um, what I found was that when I started applying for jobs, I didn't have enough experience. Um, so I really wasn't getting any callbacks. And so I just took a chance on Capital One, applied, obviously passed the tests that were required back then. And um Started working there back in the in the early two thousands, and they, they right got now, you. They got, they got their hooks they, in you. They got me, but it's been a, I mean it's been an amazing experience for me. Like I don't know what my life path should have been, but I've been able to do a lot at Capital One, meet a lot of people. Um, I've won almost every award that they honor there, um, so I've seen that same level of success within my you know personal career. Um, and I just enjoy it. Like I'm, I'm hoping to be able to re retire there using a lack of a better word, even though it's no real retirement there. Um, but I love it there. And, you know, I didn't have a plan. That's the one difference that I do. Like my, our mom kind of just said, you're going to college. 
Um, you're going to do these things, but it was never like for me, like a plan, like, okay, go to college and know what you're going to do next. So that's the, the one key difference in the way I parent. Um, cause everything else about my mom, I try to mirror every day of my life. She was the most amazing person. Um, I do tell my children, I don't, I don't care if you go to college. Um, I don't necessarily care what you do to get to the next point, but you have to be able to afford the lifestyle you want. If you want to travel, you need to be able to afford a place to stay because you can't stay with me um, and, you know, have food and, and travel expense and, and, you know, room and board and all those good things. Um, but, you know, whatever your path to getting there, it just you have to have a path. And for my daughter being a junior now, we started that conversation a year or two ago. Um, she wants to go into the nursing field. Um, and so she's already in a good space of getting to that place. But um, yeah, for me, you know, the life turned out like it's supposed to be, but I, I did not have a, you know, I'll go to Hampton and be this, just kind of went with the flow and lucked out with the, the job at Capital One. It's been really successful for me. You and I have uh, followed similar paths and not knowing exactly what you wanted to do 10 years at a time. There's nothing wrong with that. I still don't know what I want to do. And you guys know I'm in my fifties. Uh, <laughs> I, I do have to ask this because AC told me what department you work in. Can you tell the listening audience what department you're in? So I'm an enterprise payments. Um, I essentially handle, you know, most of the credit card payments and exceptions that come through Capital One. Um, I'm a people leader. So I do lead a group of folks, amazing women who um, have to make sure that exceptions get processed correctly and a lot of other stuff happens. So it's pretty cool. I imagine you've worked in quite a few departments over uh, your 20 years. I have not. Um, I really? also, yeah, I probably have a record there. I started as a research associate. Um, so back then everything was insourced. Um, and we used to get like, we literally get the credit card payments where you mail in your payment. And this is for the listeners too. Please put your credit card number on your payment. Um, <laughs> but I, I handle the folks who do not put their credit card number on their payment, essentially. And we have to find you. Like we go through a number of research systems and find you. Um, so back then we used to touch about, I think a thousand or 2000 payments a day. Now we're down to significantly less because we outsource a lot. Um, but I have stayed in payment operations my entire career at Capital One. It just moved up the ladder. Yeah, I was in call centers my entire time there. So you and I are the unique ones. I think most people do bounce around, but not everybody has to. Yeah. <laughs> cool. AC, what about you? Did you know what yeah. you wanted to do? So similarly, uh, you know, I had a, a loose plan, but nothing that was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to end up being, um, you know, a senior producer at Sports Business Journal. There was, um, you know, in college, it was kind of like, you know, especially because Hampton was, was smaller, um, you had a chance to kind of try different things. And so, you know, we had um, a weekly show and it only went on. I don't even know if it went on campus, but it was just really just kind of a practice run. It's called HE Viewpoint. And, um, you know, I was one of the reporters on the show. And so it was um, one of those things where um, I had a teammate who really, really, really wanted to do sports. And I'm like, I don't care what I do. Um, I just like telling people's stories. And so I was the, you know, human interest reporter. And so the show was only 30 minutes, but my professor gave me 10 of those minutes. And so that would never happen today, you know, where one person gets a third of the show. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she just really, you know, Professor Whitaker, heck, really just liked, um, you know, the stories I was putting together. Now, looking back on them, these stories were not 
great, you know? <laughs> and so, um, but I mean, I'm also, you know, one of my tougher critics too. So, but I'm like, you know, like if I knew then what I know now, what I know, what I know then, what I know now, if I knew it then, it would be a lot different. But, um, you know, so I thought like, oh, I'm going to be on air. I'm going to go, you know, uh, and eventually be the, you know, Juan Condi of, um, you know, take his spot, like when I graduated <laughs> from college. And, uh, <laughs> um, but then, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Hampton's where I met the person that hired me to work at ESPN the first time. And, um, you know, Hampton used to do a mass media symposium where uh, media companies would just come and just tell us what their companies are doing and how awesome their companies are. There was no career fair around it. It was just, hey, we're doing these cool things and you could join us one day too, but this isn't a career fair. Yeah. And um, I ended up being the moderator for the ESPN talk and Al Jaffe came down and talked to us. And Al, um, his, his main job was hiring on-air talent, but he also hired uh, production assistants. And, um, you know, I had to kind of get to know him before because this was, you know, pre what the internet is today. And so we're just kind of talking before the, the uh, speech um, or the talk that he was giving. And, you know, just like, like, where are you from? You know, and just we just had a conversation, you know, it's like, and I just kind of made some notes and, you know, introduced him. And then he went on and did his thing. And so then after the, after it's over, he's like, Hey, what are you doing um, after college? And I was like, huh, working at ESPN. Huh? He's like, no, seriously, do you want to come up for an interview? I'm like, I would love to. So um, he was like, all right, we'll call this woman. Uh, she'll set it up. So I set it up. Then they're like, all right, when you get to the campus, um, just go to the front desk and ask for ask for this woman. So I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I got it. And um, I get there, I ask for her. I get to her desk and she's like, oh, he'll be right with you. I was like, who do you mean? Uh, he'll be right with me. It ended up being Al. I thought I was interviewing with her. And so it ended up just being like an extended conversation from the one we had two months previous. And so the funny thing is, so he came and spoke to our um, journalism school uh, in April. We graduated May 14th, 2000. My interview with ESPN was May 16th, 2000. So technically when I graduated, I didn't have a job. So, um, you know, he, uh, we did the interview. I didn't think I did great on the interview, uh, cause it was all just like sports quiz stuff. And he asked me who my teams were. And I told him I rooted for all the DC teams, but mainly the football team. And, uh, so then he asked me questions about the Padres and the Astros and the White Sox and the Rockets and, um, the chargers. And I was like, all right. So I thought I had bombed it. But then the thing that I think um, helped me get the job was he asked me, who are your top five candidates for the Vezina trophy? And I thought about it for a bit and I'm like, all right, do me this favor. You tell me what the Vezina trophy is for. I'll give you an answer. He's like, Oh, it's for the top goalie in the NHL. I was like, Oh, cool. I knew five goalies. Oh right? my gosh. And so I just named those five and kind of gave, you know, a made up reason. And, uh, at the end, he was like, well, when can you start? I'm like, what? <laughs> Did we just go through the same interview? But I think it, I think that last one was the one that got me the job because it was, I was willing to say, I don't know, but with more information, I'll give you an answer. 
So it was really kind of, you know, one of those things where, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, our mom was um, in her own way was like, don't be a know-it-all, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because you don't know everything. And, you know, if you can admit that you don't know everything, then you're willing to kind of have that vulnerability of, look, I don't know. I'm just going to tell you straight up, I don't know, but I'm not going to give up. Um, I'm going to give you an answer if you give me more information. And so, um, you know, I, I told him, I was like, oh, I can, it, you know, so I was May 16th. I was like, oh, I can start in a month. And so um, I, I um, get out of the interview, I call home and I'm like, hey, I got the job. I started in a month. And um, our mom's like, well, can you give it a little bit more time? I mean, you know, you're moving up to Connecticut. Uh, you know, we'd like to, you know, have some time with you because, you know, four years in college and not really having a lot of free time because of football. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll call him back. And uh, so I call him back and I'm like, hey, can I actually start a month later? And they were like, yeah, uh, you can start the first uh, full week, the first week of July. And uh, so, you know, July 3rd, 2000 at ESPN. And then my plan was, all right, so I'll do this ESPN thing for two years, right? I'll get all this experience. That way, like, you know, normally when you're out coming out of college, you kind of have to start at a small market, like in South Dakota or Wyoming or, you know, someplace in Texas. I was like, all right, well, if I started ESPN, I could probably shortcut some of that and maybe start in a place where people actually live. Um, but got to ESPN, absolutely loved it, um, and just kind of took off from there. Very cool. All right, we're we're a little past an hour, but I, I have two more questions. Uh, they're they're both reasonably quick. All right. First question for you, Stacey, and the AC, this will be for you as well. You're, you're a talk show host. You have one show, only one show. You get to invite four guests, a male, a female, a musical uh, act, and a comedian. If you're in the uh, stand-up comedy, if you're not, then you don't have to have that person on your show. Uh, they can be alive or dead. They can be famous or not famous. They can be somebody you know or knew or somebody you don't know at all. Your show can be about humor it can be about pure entertainment it can be thought provoking it can be whatever you want it to be who are your guests stacy okay so i this is going to be crazy i'm obsessed with judge judy so she's going to be my female um i did not see that coming Stacey. <laughs> it's crazy right now um my male would be um former president obama um but yeah. i am also going to sneak in michelle because she would have been my number two um, and then I'm a huge Go-Go fan, so a band from D.C. like Junkyard or Backyard Band would be my band. And not not a stand-up comedy fan? Oh, and um, Kevin Hart. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good answer. I would I would come to your show. I would pay a lot of money to come to your show. So. Okay. <laughs> I, I did not see Judge Judy coming at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's, a major, it's a major problem for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should meet my wife. Every time I come in the room, she's watching it. Oh. All right, AC, who's on your show? Um, before before that, so Stacey technically has met President Obama uh, because I got to meet him uh, in the White House um, doing um, a production of Barackatology, um, his oh, final nice. year in office. Oh, you got um, to do so, that? Yes. Oh, awesome. So, so Stacey, you're already there. Uh, <laughs> yep. And uh, But I would say Denzel Washington is my male guest. Uh, Maya Angelou is my female guest. Um, comedian is probably Bernie Mac. Mm. And uh, band is the Bee Gees. Um, because my wife loves them. 
and so we listen to them a lot. And so, you know, it just, uh, it's very comforting um, music that they sing for the most part. Yeah. Bernie Mac, uh, God rest his soul is, uh, every time he, he does anything, I, I, I laugh. I, yeah. I can't help but laugh. <laughs> and, and I think he's trying to make the audience laugh every time I laugh, but it doesn't matter. I, I just, he's comedy God. That, that, that's a great answer. Kevin Hart's still trying to be as funny as Bernie Mac, even though Kevin Hart's very funny. Yeah. All right, cool. Last question. Uh, just tell us about your families. Like, like, like immediate families. Um, so I have two, I have two daughters, um, Jayla, who's 16, Josie, who is eight. They're amazing. And I have a, um, son who is 21. His name is Cadiz. Um, that's my immediate family. Awesome. And AC. Yeah. So no kids for me, uh, just me and my wife, Cam. Uh, and then we have two dogs, uh, Balky and Otis. Um, no idea what they actually are, but we tend to guess on what they are. But, um, you know, outside of that, you know, it's just the four of us down here in Charlotte, uh, trying to make things happen. Are you ever going to make it back to, uh, central Virginia, AC? Uh, it's a good place to come and visit. Um, <laughs> but you know, because like it never is not going to be home, you know? And so I kind of see it as, uh, my first home and Charlotte here is my second home. So. All right. Right on. And Stacy, opposite question for you. Are you ever going to leave central Virginia besides your four years in Hampton? Um, I have no plans to, I, I literally love my family. I love, um, that a decent chunk of us are still in Ashland. Um, the rest of them are, you know, spread out a little bit, but I can get to them within less than an hour. So um, I think Virginia will always be my home. Right on. Well, guys, I had a great time talking to you. Uh, Wick, uh, he, he didn't lead me astray. He said you were gonna, you were going to be fantastic on this, and you certainly were. I'm, I'm glad he connected us, and I appreciate you guys taking the time to do this. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com.